And we are live. This is Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up Podcast. You're live and interactive. Toronto Raptors postgame show. My name is Sheldon Alexander. And we are live on YouTube and on Instagram at Canada Hoops Daily. Same thing goes for the app formerly known as Twitter at Can Hoops Daily. That is how you interact with this show live to discuss your Toronto Raptors winning on the second night of a back-to-back, 123 to 121, over, over, over the Atlanta Hawks. Yes, they flew over the Atlanta Hawks. A big-time win for the Toronto Raptors. We will break it all down because that's what we do here on the Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up podcast, live and interactive after each and every game. And if you ever miss us live, no problems. We got you covered on Apple and on Spotify. Of course, just search for Canada Hoops Daily. Like and subscribe, rate, review, follow, all that fun stuff. If you happen to be watching right now, just go ahead and hit us with that like button. You know, that's how you support the movement that is Canada Hoops Daily. As we support the movement that is... Your Toronto Raptors, as mentioned, big time win, 123-121 in Atlanta. Get in late or early in the morning, should we say. No R.J. Barrett as he's resting, you know, injury, knee injury management, I think is what they're calling it now. You know, Kawhi started this trend of load management, and now they just keep coming up with intricate ways of just saying rest. But whatever, cool. No R.J. No problem for the Raps. Emmanuel quickly, his second big-time game in a row. 24 points for him. Six more three-pointers after having five three-pointers last night. Huge game there. Scotty Barnes adding 20, 10, and 5. Eight Raptors scoring in double digits. The bench was just crazy. 54 points from your bench, led by your first-round pick. Grady Dick, who had 18 points off the bench, four bench guys in double digits. Just a crazy, crazy balance scoring night from your Toronto Raptors. Let's discuss. And while we discuss, in case you're wondering how the show goes, I'll go through the game, let you know my thoughts throughout. And while that's happening, that's when you, the people, send in your comments and questions into the chat, interact with the show. Then we have that discussion after because that's really what the show's about. I want to know what the vibes are in Raptor land, because people weren't really thinking about the play-in, but right after the All-Star break, you just played the two teams directly in front of you in said play-in race, and you beat both of them on a back-to-back. Kind of impressive. Dare I say the vibes are high for the Raptors team. You know, you're seeing the bench super into it, You know, the Raptors playing as a unit. The passing has been amazing. Again, 37 assists on 50 made field goals. Playing as a team. Looks like a team. Looks like a team that, you know, we talked about it on last night's pod. Darko spoke about how the Raptors had a chance to practice. And it kind of felt like training camp vibes. And last night's game, after in the postgame, he talked about how you know, wishes it was that easy in terms of they lay out a game plan. Hey, this is what I think you guys should do. And then they execute, but doesn't always work out that way. But through two games since the all-star break, 
That's exactly how things have gone. So let's break down this game because this was a crazy one. Raptors, I mean, it's something about Raptors in Atlanta. It's like these games have to be crazy. They can't just be a straight-up win. It's got to be close and in the balance late as the Raptors do it again. As mentioned, though, we'll start at the beginning. No R.J. Barrett, knee injury management. He's resting. Jordan Nawara in the starting lineup instead of R.J., with IQ, Scotty Barnes, Jakob Pertl, and Gary Trent Jr. And the key when you're playing on the second night of a back-to-back is your start, right? How do you come out at the beginning of the game? Do you come out with energy? Yes, the Raptors did. Also, the other key part is you follow your star players. And we've talked about the core going forward, meaning the Raptors' star players. It's Scotty Barnes. Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett. Well, there's no RJ Barrett, but Emmanuel quickly and Scotty B managed to show just exactly the lead to follow. What I mean by that is they came out with energy 9 0 run for the raps right off the bat early on in this game. And everything was pushing the pace IQ with not one, but two tough layups early. He had seven of the Raptors, nine points to start the game. Meanwhile, Atlanta started one of 11 from the floor. The run continued with the wraps, though. It, it was all just energy. They get the ball off a rebound, push the pace, push the tempo. That's how things went. 13-0 run at that point after, which was finally ended by a layup by DeJounte Murray. The Hawks went four minutes in that first quarter without scoring. It was more than four minutes. But the point being, Raptors taking advantage, quickly had 13 points in that first quarter and had three threes, three threes. You wondered, you know, you've seen Emmanuel quickly and what he's done for this Raptors team since he's been acquired, and you've seen flashes, you've seen spurts, but I don't know if you've seen consistency. That's the one thing we were asking for, you know, in terms of watching this team and what could be better. This might be the first time you've seen him play two back-to-back high-level games, and it came on a back-to-back. That's the big part about it, when your team needs it the most. If you start out well with your big-time players, can the other guys follow the lead and quickly coming out with three three three-pointers after having five threes the night before? You can't ask for a better start in the first quarter than that. And the most impressive part to me wasn't even the threes. Again, it was the tempo. It was the pace. And when you're playing the Hawks, you know that it's defense optional, right? They're going to run up and down the floor, shoot a lot of threes. So there's easy buckets to be had if you're willing to run and play defense if you're the reps. That's what they did. A little bit of a mini run from the Hawks, but I would say that the Raptors bench did their job to hold things down. Mentioned Grady earlier on. He started off well. He had a great game throughout, and he was making plays. I feel like it was almost a disservice to Grady because so much of the talk was, oh, he was the best shooter in college basketball. And so you get kind of pigeonholed and labeled, and everyone's expecting that, all right, when you play, you just stand in the corner and be able to knock down threes. And then when you miss threes, we're going to say that you suck. (laughs) Right? That's what this hot take culture is. What Grady's been able to show since his conditioning stint, to me anyways, is that his game appears to be a lot more well-rounded than he was previously given credit for. And to me, I think that's been huge, huge, huge to see. In that first quarter, making a whole lot of plays, but 
just making plays, going to the basket, making plays, finding Abaji for three, his Kansas brethren, then Grady getting the ball and up faking from the three-point line, driving into the lane, getting the mid-range Jimmy to go. I got to be honest, the, until seeing it the last little while, I didn't know he had all that in his game in terms of being able to turn down the three-point shot, go off the dribble, and be able to hit the mid-range jumper. Great start for Grady. Great start for the Raptors. Raptors led 33-22 to 22 after the first quarter. As mentioned, a great start on the second night of a back-to-back -back for the Raps. They were playing with such pace. And if it wasn't quickly, it was Scotty Barnes leading the way. In that second quarter, same thing. Scotty Barnes getting rebounds, and he's pushing the tempo. Finding Bruce Brown, he knocks down a three. Now, you know, the Hawks offense is going to be the Hawks offense. It's going to be up and down. And they missed a lot of threes, but that wasn't going to stop them from taking all the threes. So they had their little runs here and there. A little 8-0 run for them in that early on in the second quarter. A lot of it was due to the Raps turning the ball over, if I'm being honest. And the Hawks getting out on the break. Bruno Fernando, massive slam. Next time down the floor, it's Garrison Matthews hitting a wide open three. But the Raptors don't bend. I mean, the Raptors don't break, right? They don't break. Everything was cool. Grady. Like, and and the reason I'm I'm so interested in watching the development of Grady in this unofficial second half, or really if we say the second half of the season, because that more so lines up with the actual half of the season, Grady coming back from his conditioning stint. In this sequence here, in the second quarter, Grady's getting out on the break. And when he's getting out on the break, you're just showing the different ways he's able to score. And in the NBA, you are so much more versatile if you're able to be a three-level scorer. Meaning you can shoot the three, you can score in the mid-range, and you can score at the basket. But when Scotty and IQ are playing with pace and these guys are allowed to run with them, Grady's now able to get easy baskets. I mean, that just opens up the floor for everyone else. Quickly, next thing you know, knocks down another three, four, four from three to start the game, 16 points early, then quickly with the no-look pass for to Grady, who knocks down a three. Grady had nine points on four or five shooting for his start to the game. Now, the Hawks came back. They actually end up taking the lead on a Sadiq Bay, Bay three-pointer. But at the other end, Jakob Pertl, this, this was a, a, a very interesting part of the game. The Hawks are making a run, getting back into things, right? They end up taking the lead. Other end, Jakob Pertl sets a screen on Trey Young. Trey Young goes down. Now, when you look at the replay, you can see, does Jacoperto stick his knee out a little? Yeah. But is it something that kind of happens a lot in the league? Yeah. Like, is it an offensive foul? Cool, maybe. But because of the size difference, I feel like where it looked almost as if Trey Young got more of a Charlie horse, like into his thigh. But Trey Young goes down and he is like rolling around on the ground, sliding around on the ground, and the ref made no call on the play. And again, I'm saying if they called it an offensive foul or a moving screen, I'd understand. But I didn't think that it was that egregious that I couldn't believe they didn't make a call on this. What I will say, though, is 
it's rare to see a star player rolling around on the ground and there was no call. And you know who agrees with me on that? Yeah, man's Quinn Snyder. Because he loses his mind. He is just on the court and it looked like he made that decision in his mind. I'm getting tossed. Because the way that he just ran towards the ref and he's pointing at the in the ref's face, screaming in the ref's face to make a call, make a call, make a call. He got the double tech right away. He's thrown out of the game. He argues. And the tough part for me watching this was Trey Young is rolling around on the ground in so much pain. His coach gets thrown out of the game, double technical. And I'm sure in part his coach gets thrown out because he's watching his star player rolling around on the ground. Why is it that as soon as my guy gets thrown out, hey, Trey Young's back on his feet. It's like, if you didn't flop so much, maybe you could have saved your coach. But your coach is also reacting to you rolling around on the ground emphatically. And then magically you get back up. You know, he walks around, he's doing a little limp. He's acting like he's mad as if he was going to do something about being mad at a moving screen. Story for another day. But Trey Young, he's back up, doesn't even sub out of the game, doesn't even need a breather kind of just stretches it out a little bit while the raps are shooting the, the technical foul free throws. And my guy's good. So your coach just got thrown out of the game because you were flopping and then being all extra on the ground. Again, was it an offensive foul? Maybe. But was it really that egregious? No. And really, in, in the grand scheme of things, I think it was more just a height thing. Yak's knee Almost hits, tr I was going to say it hits him in his waist, but that would have been me exaggerating, and I'm not going to exaggerate, but you get the point I'm trying to make. Bottom line, Quinn Snyder tossed out of the game. Trey Young, magically okay. It's almost like they got that spray, you know, the magic spray they have in soccer that they come out with, and all of a sudden my guy's okay, gets back up, ready to go. Raptors continue their push, though, as we move along. We move along. Raptors continue their push quickly getting into the lane he's super aggressive hits that floater and i feel like when he's shooting the floater in rhythm and in the paint the paint touch being the key feel like i haven't seen that consistently enough lately and he hit one and i'm like okay you know he's feeling good 18 points on 7 of 12 shooting for emmanuel quickly four of six from three in that first half raptors led at the break 65 to 64 I mean, they were up by 16 at certain points, only up one at the half. You probably don't really like that, but you know it's going to be a back and forth in a close game between the Raptors and the Hawks because that's just what these two teams do. Scotty Barnes also had 14 points in that first half. In the third quarter, as we keep things moving here, quickly still doing it all. He's hitting deep threes with confidence. He's setting guys up, namely Grady Dick, who continues his strong game, also hitting a three. Then Grady had a play where he gets into the lane. He switches from his right hand to his left hand with the tough scoop lay-in. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know my guy had all this in his game. It's just, and, and listen, the swings are going to be crazy because you're talking about a young player, right? And Grady is showing a level of consistency. And the way that I'm viewing it as a win is that he's showing you that maybe he can at least be a rotation guy. 
right? And if he's a rotation guy, you take that considering how this season started. I'm not being harsh. The facts are they put him on a conditioning stint in the middle of the season, right? So you just got to be real about the situation. And every time you see positive signs, every night that guy is able to come on the court and contribute is just a, you got to take that as a dub if you're the Raptors and you want to continue to see the continued progression, 18 points, eight of 13 from the floor for Grady in this one. And my guy was just active, right? Scoring at three different levels, as mentioned, that to me is a key, but also playmaking. Right. Great effort there. But I mentioned he wasn't the only one doing it off the bench. Ochai, I thought also had a great game. He had his best game as a Toronto Raptor as he was knocking down threes in that third quarter as well. He finished with 14 points, five of six shooting, four of five from three. And a lot of his offense came in what I was calling the OG role, right, which is you're playing defense, but your shots are coming from that corner three. So be ready to shoot and shoot it with confidence. Four or five from three in this game, a great night for Ochai. And if you're the Raps, that's great. Like, that's what you really want to see. Huge, huge, huge production from the Raptors bench. They're up 96-90 after three quarters in the fourth. Fourth quarter gets off to a good roll as well. Scotty and Grady running the two-man game as Grady with the great backdoor cut. Scotty finds him. 18 points at that point for Grady. Raptors at that point had six players in double digits, obviously, as mentioned. We know at the end of the game that meant that got up to eight players in double digits. Just a great night, all in all. Abaji getting involved again as he's able to finish a tough layup in traffic. The Hawks make their push, though, but the Raptors continuing to get solid bench performance, was able to hold off the Hawks here. Abaji hits down and knocks down his fourth three of the game. Then IQ, I thought this was very interesting, right? Because winning time, we talk about it all the time. What do you do in winning time? And for the Raps, you know, things are going to go through IQ. Things are going to go through Scotty Barnes. And in this game, I thought it was very interesting late as there was a possession where the Raptors, the offense kind of stalling. But the ball's in IQ's hands, and he kind of settles for a deep three and misses it. Next possession down the floor. Uh, maybe it was a few possessions later, but, you know, point remains. Same kind of spot. IQ has the opportunity. Like, he he's there. And if he takes that three, you're like, all right, I get it. You have six already in this game. You're open. It's a deep three, but you just settled for the last one. I thought it was a great move by him. He turned down the deep three drives to the basket, made a great no-look left-handed pass on the move to Scotty Barnes, who's able to finish with the dunk. And that, to me, is just progression. That, to me, is arguably the best game we've seen from Emmanuel quickly in terms of just doing a little bit of everything and making plays and when you make those plays, right? That that dime to Scotty Barnes, that's a point guard, point guard play there. And in winning time. So down the stretch as well, Raptors continue to doing continue to try to make plays, but an interesting switch pattern here, right? If you remember the last game in which the Raptors lost at the buzzer, you know, they struggled with getting rebounds down the stretch and Jacoperto, the matchup just wasn't good for him late. But now the Raptors have Kelly Olenek. 
So you notice Kelly Olenek getting the minutes late. And you know what? He rewarded his coach with some solid play. Because the Raptors offense stalling late. Kelly gets the ball. Looking like Dirk hits the one-legged bank shot late, like late in the shot clock. Goes glass, goes in. Raptors up four. The two teams trading misses back and forth. Kelly again drives by Trey Young for a tough two-pointer. Could have been called an and one, but okay. All right. You know, you take it. Then wraps up three with 40 seconds left. Offense stalling yet again. And I thought it's interesting, right? Alvin, we know Alvin is a vet. He was a veteran point guard in the NBA, longtime point guard in the NBA. We know he knows what he's talking about. And you know that he could sense the vibes. Wraps up three with 40 seconds left. And Alvin mentions you might want to take a timeout because your offense has been stalling and you might want to make sure you get a good shot here. Raptors have two timeouts left. They don't call a timeout and they don't get a good shot off. Offense stalls, just a bad possession. It looked like, you know, everyone's kind of standing around and then a lot of the movement was on the weak side, whereas quickly had the ball on the other side and there was just nothing there. He ends up trying to drive, beats the defender, but settles for a very tough floater from like the top of the key, which is a little too far out than I think that you want to be taking that floater from. But just a bad possession overall. And, you know, Raptors lose the ball out of bounds. Hawks ball, 18 seconds left, down three. And listen, Raptors defense stepped up. Pressure defense forcing DeJounte Murray to step out of bounds. That essentially ended the game. Raptors win, Raptors win, Raptors win. 123-121. And another just nail-biter down the stretch. Big-time win for the Toronto Raptors as they win on the second night of a back-to-back. And I emphasize the fact of who these wins are against. Again, the Raptors, you're, you're, they're trying to win, trying to see if they can sniff into the play-in tournament here, which means getting into 10th place. They're currently in a 12th place, but in 11th place is the Nets, who they beat last night, and in 10th place is the Hawks, who they beat tonight. So super important win for the Raps. And I think of good character win on the second night of a back-to-back and without R.J. Barrett. That's a huge part of this, right? R.J.'s been one of their top scorers since he's been on the team. And everybody stepped up in his absence. Again, eight Raptor players in double digits. I mentioned quickly already he led the way with 24. Scotty had 20. But some other names for you. Mentioned Grady off the bench with 18. Ochai had 14. Bruce Brown with 12 off the bench. Kelly O with 10 off the bench. Your four bench players all getting into double digits. That's legit. That's great balance there, right? And then in your starting lineup, Gary Trent with 13. Yak with 12. Just a great night overall for everyone who played outside of Jordan Nwara. And that might be a tough spot for him getting those minutes in a spot start for RJ is obviously, you know, if you're if you're Darko, you're probably trying to protect your rotation, meaning having Grady, Ochai, Kelly, and Bruce Brown play together as a bench unit, right? So interesting moves down the stretch. Got to give credit to Darko for pulling the right strings and going with Kelly Olenek late, 
who rewarded him by making some big time plays on both ends of the floor. There's also a huge block Kelly made late in that fourth quarter. Just a big time win from the Raps. A big time win for the Raps. 123, 121. And I didn't mention much about Scotty Barnes, but Scotty Barnes had a really good game, right? Had his 20 points, 10 assists, five rebounds, doing a Scotty things, affecting the game in different ways on both ends of the floor. Just a great game all around for the Raps. And, you know, a well-earned win. Because the Hawks, you know, as much as the Hawks struggled from three, they shot 30% from three, 12 for 39 from beyond the arc in this game. And that's pretty bad for sure. But you got to give the Raptors credit for them, you know, just sticking with the game, sticking with their game plan, which was making sure to push the pace and get easier baskets. They just did that. They just did that. And you got to give the Raptors credit for that. I thought, you know, at the end of the day, if you're the Raptors, you look at this and you, and you say job well done. You did your thing on the second night of a back-to-back. And you just try to keep the good times going because Monday you end up playing Pascal Siakam and the Indiana Pacers, right? That's your, that's your upcoming schedule, uh, a visit against Pascal. And remember it was only last week, a loss to Pascal Siakam and company by two, a close game, difficult loss, but still you're looking at the last three games the Raptors have played. They've played really well. Right, you lost to Siakam and the Pacers, but you're right in that game. It came right down to the wire, and you just hope to keep that momentum going. As a week ahead, you got the Indiana Pacers on Monday, Wednesday, you got Luka Doncic and the Mavs at home, and then Friday at home to the Golden State Warriors. So lots going on in Raptorland, and they win a big one. Again, thanks for tuning into this. The Canada Hoops Daily presents Wrap It Up Podcast, coming to you live and interactive after every Raptors game. You can find us in multiple places to make sure that you interact with the show. Make sure that you like and subscribe to the YouTube page at Canada Hoops Daily. Same thing goes for the Instagram page, also under Canada Hoops Daily. And of course, on the on Twitter, you can find us at Can Hoops Daily. That's how you interact with the show live. That's how you find us. And of course, if you ever miss us live, we got you covered in podcast form on Apple and on Spotify under Canada Hoops Daily. Rate us, review us, like, subscribe, send in all your comments and questions. That's how you become part of the show because this is your show, Raptors Nation. We do this for you. And we appreciate that. So thank you. Let's get to some comments here. First comment just says Scotty's defensive effort was great. Totally agree. There's a lot of like, you know, Scotty coming over and helping, you know, I haven't mentioned yak much, but I thought yak's defense was also good. He was just super helpful, like playing help defense and just being in the paint, being a huge body and between yak and Scotty in the paint, it makes things tough when the opposing team is trying to get busy and trying to get in the paint and score. And if Scotty Barnes and Jakob Pertl are owning the paint like that, that just means good things for this Toronto Raptors team where, you know, for the most part, it feels like if that's, if the Raptors aren't on, on a tip where, where they're playing defense, you know, their offense struggles. 
Because you have to remember, a lot of their offense, when they're playing well, it's when they're able to turn their defense into offense. You saw that tonight from not only your man's Scotty B being able to do it, but also Yak with some huge, huge, huge plays from Mr. Pirtle. And I think if if you're if you're getting that production, that's what you want to see from Yak. And having Kelly Olenek now, who's a big that you can trust and play in key spots, that's just another huge weapon for Darko as well because you didn't really have a veteran presence that you could trust off the bench, right? The stability that Kelly Olenek provides as opposed to, you know, we talk about Chris Boucher. I'd love to see Chris Boucher get minutes, but I understand why Kelly Olenek would obviously get minutes over him. And also, you know, Kelly Olenek's going to do different things. Not only did he give you the 10 points, he also gave you six assists in his limited minutes, right? He helps you move the ball. He helps you get everyone involved. And as you could see from tonight's performance with eight players in double digits, Getting everyone involved is good for the team because everyone can score. Everyone can shoot. So if you're sharing the ball, turning down good shots for great shots, that just leads to better success. Next comment says, my only complaint is that we gave them a lot of offensive rebounds. Other than that, I thought it was a good game. Yeah, I mean, listen, Clint Capella is always going to be on the glass. They got guys like I really like DeJounte Murray. He's on the low, one of my favorite players in the league. Just a solid defensive player, not flashy, you know, but can get buckets as well. I also like uh, Jalen Johnson. I thought he gave them really good minutes as well, and it, it was a pretty good find for them, you know, because he was, what, in the 20s or maybe the 20th pick overall a couple years ago in the first round, and now that they're giving him consistent minutes, like he's in the starting lineup, he's a solid player. But they had him getting on the glass as a team, you know, Sadiq Sadiq Bay getting on the glass as well. So some teams are just hard to rebound against. But Yak, 12 and 13 from Yak, six assists. It's a great night from Yakuperto. Yakuperto has been really good for the Raptors this season. He really has. And you understand why they wanted to bring him in, but Watching him and Kelly now play that center position in this offense, which, you know, you want to run a lot of offense through your bigs at the top of the key and have cutters and have shooters around the, the, uh, you know, around the three point line. You understand exactly why that was a vision. That was a plan. And it's not too unfamiliar, right? It's not that far away from what Nick nurse was doing with Mark Gasol and Serge, right? where you have your big guy at the top of the key and it works as another point guard. But it also works because if you have guards like quickly who can shoot, it's just another way to use that weapon. It doesn't have to be him handling the ball and going around screens. He can score and shoot off the ball. And I think if you're the Raptors, that's when you're the most dangerous, when you're able to do that. And you saw that tonight. Just a big-time performance from the Toronto Raptors and a big win. and. We talked about wins, you know, it being more about the lessons and the wins down the stretch for the Raptors. I mean, so far, so good at, on the other end of the break here where the Raptors are trying to put, put together a little streak here. And I guess now's the time where I bring up 
you know, the Raptors trying to win their third game in a row. That elusive three-game winning streak, that elusive Darko dinner <laughs> that's been promised if the Raps win three in a row, they have yet another chance to do it. Can they pull it off this time? Only time will tell. <laughs> I'm being facetious about this because it is pretty ridiculous that they just can't win three games in a row, right? Like it shouldn't be that difficult, but yet it is. I don't know. I, I just thought it was I just thought it was a very interesting night from the Toronto Raptors. And I think overall, winning close games are huge. These are the reps that you want for Scotty Barnes. These are the reps that you want for Emmanuel Quickly and RJ if he's in there too. But also your young guys, right? Your younger guys, I guess I should say, in terms of Grady, in terms of Ochai, like getting these minutes. This is what we're talking about in terms of development. Yeah, you won the game, which is a great bonus. But the learning time, the learning in real time, what to do in winning time is key. And I think that was big for the Toronto Raptors. Again, they win at 123-121. Scotty Barnes with 20-10 and 5 for the Raps. Emmanuel quickly the high scorer as he finished this game with 24 points. Six of 11 from three. Yes, yeah, six three-pointers after having five three-pointers last night against the Brooklyn Nets. He brought his threes with them from Toronto to the ATL. Huge shouts for IQ. Hopefully, this is something to build on. You want to see consistency from Emmanuel quickly. And all they've talked about, you've heard it from him, you've heard it from Darko, you heard it last night. I'm sure they're speaking to the media tonight and saying the same thing. But the coaches are just telling him to be aggressive, to shoot, shoot, shoot. And when you know you have that freedom, you want to see him play more like him. And at times for the Raps, that's been the problem because you haven't seen that. You've seen him more settle for shots. You've seen him, you've seen him more, you know, kind of be thinking a little too much, right? Unsure of himself, not really sure what to do. But right now, you're seeing him be aggressive. And I think that's what you want. That's what you really want if you're the Toronto Raptors. And you're the Toronto Raptors winning games. Because you're going to do that behind Emmanuel quickly and Scotty Barnes and RJ Barrett when he's in the lineup. So again, big Raptors win. They'll go for three in a row Monday night against Pascal Siakam and the Indiana Pacers. In Indiana, yes, Scotty Barnes heading back to Indy so soon after his first All-Star appearance. Hopefully he brings an All-Star performance against his former pal, Pascal Siakam and company. That will be a great game for sure, as the game last week was a really good game as well. We will be here to break it all down because that's what we do here on the Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up podcast. So make sure you tune in and stop by with us. Again, multiple places where you can watch the show and also just follow on the socials as we start to build out more content on the social media platforms as well. So make sure you go to the YouTube page. Make sure you go to the Instagram page at Canada Hoops Daily. That's where you can find us, rate us, review us, like, and subscribe, all that fun stuff. You know, it's platform Pacific. I don't have to explain to you <laughs> which is which. You know the deal already if you're watching this online. But also on the Twitter as well, at Can Hoops Daily. And of course, 
Make sure you follow the podcast on Apple and Spotify at Canada Hoops Daily. That's how you support this, the movement. We really appreciate all the people that have been tuning in. The feedback has been great. The comments have been great. Our regulars, huge shouts to our regulars, always holding us down in the chat every single night. That's been cool. That's been a lot of fun for me bringing the pod back in this iteration. Huge shouts again to the Canada Hoops Daily people for wanting to bring the pod back. And huge shouts to you, the viewer, for tuning into the pod. So thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you to the Raptors for giving us something to talk about that is good again. We love that. That's been a lot of fun, right? We talked about how wins might be few and far between. And here we go. Two straight wins in a row behind great performances from Emmanuel Quickly and Scotty Barnes. Quickly, 9 of 20, right? From the floor, giving you 24 points, six threes, seven rebounds to go along with his five assists. Just a great night from IQ, a great night from Scotty Barnes, an efficient night from Scotty Barnes. Just the Raptors, when you see these glimpses, gives you hope. If you're not getting wins, Raptors fans, what you got is hope, and the Raps are giving you that right now. And I, I should say this too. A huge shouts to Darko because he used the practice time wisely. The way the NBA works now, you don't really get a lot of practice time. And so what you do at said practice time is super important. And clearly, they did a good job in using their practice time because this team has looked way different than it did right than it did prior to the all-star break sorry i just i just paused because it looked like there was like a scuffle in the what is this the heat pelicans game looks like some drama was going down there so you know obviously gonna deep dive to that once this pod's over nba never a dull moment of course right but just want to say thank you again for tuning into this, the Wrap It Up podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the pod as mentioned. You know the details. Just search Canada Hoops Daily wherever you get your podcasts and you will be able to follow us because as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up Podcast coming to you live and interactive after each and every Toronto Raptors game and as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.